If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a dear friend and business partner of mine, Darlene Hertz. You know, having lived a life believing there was a ceiling attached to her potential, freedom, worth, relationships, and even her income, the day came when Darlene realized that there truly was no ceiling on anything in life. That was the first day of the rest of her life. Darlene is an expert on the science of mindset and success. She is the CEO, Chief Empowerment Officer, and founder of You Empowered Services, she helps goal-oriented business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals gain lasting motivation, increase productivity and sales, and build stronger relationships in every area of life, all for the unstoppable success. Creating her own unstoppable success, Darlene offers training and coaching from personal breakthroughs, success boot camps, and NLP trainings. Her best-selling book, Journey of Intention, Life Made to Order, was published in 2016. She has since been involved in several anthologies, including the international bestseller, Fearless and Fabulous, and Impact, Where Passion and Purpose Makes a Difference. Darlene is an NLP trainer, mindset for success coach, author, and speaker. Her greatest love is that of Gigi to four grandchildren, being a wife, a mom, a daughter, and a friend. Darlene loves partnering with successful like-minded people to stand in their power so they stand out in the world and create the success that they dream of, desire, and certainly deserve. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation today with Darlene and really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stace. It's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this. I know, you and me both. So I think, I think it would be a lot of fun to revisit some of our previous conversations because you know you've been on the show before and 
you're one of one of many of our most downloaded episodes. I think you were in like the top seven of our most downloaded episodes. And and I, I think that there's there's some things that we really addressed in previous calls that's really good to bring forward for people. So let's start with how did you get into this thing called entrepreneurship? <laughs> Well, I guess you could say almost kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I had been an educator for, and then a a director for uh, about 23 years. And because of the way the world works, it was obvious that it was time for me to leave that environment. Mm. And um, along that same time, you know, I was going on my own personal journey of really that self-doubt, self-worth, where do I fit in the world, that kind of thing. And um, I met you and all of it looked different after a one hour conversation mm-hmm. about what my potential could be and um, what it could look like. I never in a million years ever even heard that there was a possibility of being an entrepreneur, it didn't exist in my family. Everybody's always been J-O-B-ers. Mm-hmm. And, um, once I started opening the door to the possibilities, I began seeing that that truly was where I was destined to go. Yeah. Now, I, I, I do absolutely want to create an understanding that there's zero wrong with having a job, right? We're all where we want to be, deserve to be, should be, believe we can be. And, you know, for some people, having a job and building success in that job is just as relevant and important for others who go out and build a business, right? 100%, 100%. I remember when, when I met you, you were really stuck in not being happy in your job. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yes, for sure. I mean, I, I wasn't happy there. Um, I wasn't, there were so many things that revolved around that unhappiness. You know, it was the work, it was the um, faith attached to that, there was personal relationships, you know, it was just kind of like the, what do you call it, the um, perfect storm Mm -hmm. set me up for growth. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, you eventually jump off the cliff (laughs) and become a reluctant entrepreneur and you figure you're going to learn how to build your flight machine on the way down, right? Yes. Now, you were in a position that most aren't, right? You had a loving, supporting husband. Yep. Uh, and theoretically, the household really didn't need your income. However, you wanted to contribute to it. So you weren't in a position where you needed to create success or revenue. You were in a position where you wanted to. Is that fair? That That is absolutely 100% fair. And... Um, I think that, uh, that there was so much more attached to that, not, not really having to work. I mean, that was an option. I could have just quit everything altogether. Um, and then the whole mystique wrapped behind, wrapped behind being an entrepreneur, what did that really look like? And then really taking on internally the desire Mm -hmm. to do something, completely out of the box for myself. That really sort of what is what drove me to want to um, really kind of 
seek the experience. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I remember waking up one day going, I want to know what it feels like, a, what it feels like to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I remember one of the last conversations I had with your husband, he, um, and, and it's funny because it made me smile because believe it or not, it's something that we want to hear. And, and he told me, you know, we owed money this year to the IRS and it's Darlene's fault. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? And he goes, because her company made too much money last year. And I smiled and I said, that's a really good problem to have. You know, I said, as business owners, it's our responsibility to align ourselves with tax professionals that can help us strategically plan to mitigate what it is we owe. And reality is we still owe, right? And to, to, to know that you got to pay taxes means that you made a profit. And the fact that he says we've paid more than we ever did and it's her fault, you know, it, it's a huge statement of success, right? Yeah. Now that's, four years down the road of your company, right? Your company has been around for four years. So it wasn't always like that, right? The, oh no. The journey, the journey to entrepreneurism, the journey to navigating entrepreneurism and the journey to success has been exactly that, right? A journey. So, you know, I, I've said multiple times in, in multiple episodes, people always hear the zero to hero. People always hear the outhouse to penthouse. What they don't hear is that in between and that in between isn't seconds. It isn't days. It isn't months. It's typically years, right? So what did that navigation, what did that journey look like for you? <laughs> well, today, <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, you know, I really kind of think of it. I was watching something on TV, I don't know, a couple months ago, and it was the heartbeat, you know, did he, did he? And I thought that's what the journey is right there. Yeah. You know, um, you don't ever really get that. Well, we don't really ever want to see a, a straight line. Um, <laughs> however, that constant up and down, and then sometimes those big drops, that's what being an entrepreneur is like. Mm. And, um, and just knowing, I am so thankful for, for knowing what I know and having the skills and the tools to be able to reevaluate and do some good self-talk, sometimes reaching out to friends who help me do some good self-talk um, in those moments, because it's not, it's not something that looks all rosy. You know, as soon as you, you say that you're a business owner, my perception is that people have all of these preconceived ideas that, you know, I must be living on clouds and doing so well and just life at my fingertips. And that might look good at five o'clock in the night, but at five o'clock in the morning, that's a whole different look many times, you yeah. know, and, um, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. What were some of your biggest struggles starting out from employee to entrepreneur? Well, probably discipline would be the, would be one of the things that, that is, um, comes to mind, mm -hmm. especially because the other thing that I was seeking was freedom. <laughs> 
And so I sought that on my bike mm-hmm. for about 60 miles a day and came to realize that in fact, you can't build a business riding 60 miles a day and really expect any kind of results. <laughs> and <that's> so, <laughs> true story, huh? Yeah. So that was, that was uh, one of the things, definitely the discipline. Um, I really think that coming from the background that I came back from as, as an employee, shifting into you, you know, when I was an employee, I had a secretary, I had a bookkeeper, I had, um, I had all the things, right. And I became all of that. So that definitely is, is worth mentioning because all of a sudden you're everything. Yeah. You're the chief bottle washer. You're the chief janitor. You're the, you're the chief everything officer. Yeah. Yes. That's absolutely true. And so just doing, just knowing that, and then, um, trusting, trusting your gut, trusting your instinct. I think that's probably another really big one because, uh, there are so many people that it's just like when you get pregnant, people want to tell you their horror stories, right. Or women do. Mm-hmm. They just want to tell you how bad it was. And, oh my gosh, you know, and, and I'm just like, I, oh, my advice is here's my advice is don't listen to anybody. <laughs> and my advice on, the, on, as an entrepreneur is don't listen to anyone except for the person that you pay to help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is the person that's got your best interest and they know you, they know your situation. They've journeyed all of that with you. So listen to them and then make your decisions and your choices based on that. You know, I think, I think that's a good point. I think there's always a lot of armchair quarterbacks. There's always people telling you to do it this way, do it that way, do this, do that. And reality is we don't know their model of the world. We don't know their level of success. And, you know, that armchair quarterback mentality, they're only seeing a portion of the equation. They're not seeing all the pieces to the puzzle, right? And that being said, if their advice really did work, are they applying it to self, right? You know, it's funny because I was at an event two or three months ago, and it was, it was a client attraction event. And during this client attraction event, uh, the, the speaker was talking about all these ways to attract clients. And their, their program at the end was, I don't know, I think it was like a $15,000 program with a buy now of $10,000 or something like that. And I had gone up to talk to the speaker afterwards because there was, I don't know, 75, 100 people in the room. So, you know, for me, I'm all about proofs in the pudding, you know, they attracted a decent amount of people in that room. And I know I didn't come into that room from that strategy. So I had asked a few people around me, did you get here by what, what it was uh, they were talking about? And they were like, no, a friend referred me, a friend referred me. And all of it was like referral based. So at the end, you know, the speaker had come up to me and was working on closing me, which complete respect, right? And I had asked a question. I'm, I'm curious how many people in the room came from this strategy? 
this per this person looked me dead in the face and said, oh, I don't use that strategy to fill this room. And I said, oh, I said, so how did people come? And he goes, mostly referrals. So really what, what it told me was either his system doesn't work or he doesn't believe his system works because I think he knew I didn't come from his strategy. <laughs> right. So, so I think, I think if someone, if someone teaches and doesn't do, get really leery. If you're in an environment to where people are telling you to do things and they're not doing them themselves, get curious, right? There are, there are a lot of people out there with a lot of opinions and opinions are great. And they're kind of also like assholes. Everyone has one. <laughs> or two or three. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you embark on this journey. Now, as, as an employee, you never had to sell. Now, I have a belief we're always selling. We're selling ourselves to people. And look, you were a teacher. You had to sell yourself to kids. You had to sell yourself to parents, right? You had to sell yourself to the board. However, sales was unintentional then, right? Right. Moving into this journey of entrepreneurship, you had to intentionally step up and offer a product service and solution, step outside the entrepreneurial witness protection program, be seen, heard, and found, and then move people into your solution. How did you feel about sales? Did you just embrace it with a warm, snuggly hug and just go out there and be a sales machine? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So seriously, um, had it ever been put in context to me that I was selling myself to students and selling myself to parents and all of that, that would have freaked me out as much as selling my program, selling my business or whatever, mm -hmm. because that term selling, you know, as, as you and I both know, it's all about what the model was at home right. uh, growing up and selling was always, um, always in a negative connotation in my home. Oh, wow. Uh, they're ripping you off. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I could go on. And so the term selling freaked me out, you know, and, and how, how, how in the world was I going to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, especially selling myself or selling, you know, uh, not an actual tangible product. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, I would, I would say that that is the biggest journey that I have ever um, embarked on is, is doing, is doing just that. And in a transparency, I don't have it down all the way yet. Mm -hmm. I still get to journey towards that. I believe that that is definitely one of the measures of success that I inter internally carry is, is um, feeling super confident about that. So. Nice. Nice. So through that journey, how did you transition more into stepping outside of avoiding embracing it to understanding it was all about just moving people into a solution to alleviate their pain? How did you end up embracing that process? The best, the best way that I know how to embrace it is hold the whole empathy putting myself in their shoes mm -hmm. and, you know, reminding myself that, you know, where I was at one point that 
I didn't know what was available. I didn't know what was possible. And it's my responsibility to help them see that. And through conversation, right? Just through conversation. I just, I just had a, a meeting with a financial advisor and that's exactly what we talked about was, you know, building the relationships and having the conversations and not, not pushing, as we say, spray and pray through show mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the one thing that I am very good at is conversation. Mm -hmm. I love learning about people. Um, I love learning about what they need, my, or what, even what they want. Right. And my, my gift still is to, uh, continually, uh, open up the, the chest of treasures and say, well, this is what's, this is what's really possible for you. Yeah. If you, you know, if you really, if you're really serious about wanting more for yourself or your business or whatever that fill in the blank is. Mm -hmm. So when I introduced you before we started our interview, you know, I referred to you as a friend, a client, and we're also partners, right? Um, one of the most exciting things for me was I got introduced to you years ago by a client. And then you became a client. Then we built this most incredible, blessed friendship. And through that, we've also evolved into this business partnership, this business relationship. And, you know, you have built an arm of NLP training in St. Louis and mm -hmm. And you truly are the epitome of walking, talking empowerment, right? You're excited about being of service and helping people and, and watching this growth and evolution has, has been such a gift. And I'm so blessed to be on this journey with you. I say all that to say, you know, you meet a lot of people business owners, entrepreneurs, independent sales professionals, direct sales professionals. You, you meet a lot of people like I do. What do you think prevents them from achieving their dreams, having what it is they want and they desire? Well, one of the things is that they don't have enough, enough belief in their self. Hmm. I think that um, I just had a conversation with a woman who was willing to invest in her kids' soccer and baseball and then no funds for herself. Yeah. And that's a heartbreaker, you know, because she is not ready to hear, really hear, that investing in herself will only multiply her ability to do that for her kids. Do you think people use it as an excuse? Yes, I do. Um, I think maybe unconsciously at first, and then it just becomes their, their mantra. Hmm. Um, the other thing that I feel like is, is an issue is the way that they view money. Um, when they see it as um, a scarcity mindset or um I mean, I literally, this conversation that I just had with this guy was literally money is an exchange of energy. And he had never really thought about money as an exchange of energy like that before. 
And he's like, explain that to me. And I'm like, am I willing to output enough or am I willing to output the energy and then get a different kind of energy back? Yeah. And he was just fascinated by that. He said, I just have never looked at money in terms of that before. And, um, and I know, I mean, one thing that I absolutely know that I did not know what eight, nine, 10 years ago is that you can make the money. You can, you can, you can do that. Yeah. You just get to know that belief in yourself, belief in the system, belief in whatever, you know, that we truly can create the future that we want. The mm -hmm. money is out there. It's ours to go get. Mm -hmm. It's ours to find the right audience that, that hears our message and yep. says, this is for me. Yeah. I believe that success is simple because it's science-based. I, and I believe that success is ours to, to have or to not have. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's, you, you, you've heard me say time and time again, I tell my clients all the time, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. It becomes choice. Do you want a different life or do you want to sit in the life that you have and complain? Mm -hmm. Now, we weren't, I have, I have a huge belief that we weren't put on this world to be ordinary. We weren't put in this world to struggle. We weren't put in this world to leave, to, to live or lead a mediocre life. You know, we possess all of the internal resources to truly have the best life possible. You know, I, I do a keynote called Have It All. And people really have a hard time grasping that life is that simple. And what they fail to realize is it's all based on choices. Our tomorrows are a culmination of every choice we made yesterday and today. Yep. And when we sit in disempowerment, when we sit in a limitation of beliefs of self, when we sit in low self-esteem, when we sit in projection of others, when we sit in, I'll lovingly say our jacuzzi cesspool of aromatherapy, you know, when we sit in discomfort, it's a choice, right? You know, and then when we excuse that choice for something as simple as money and allow that to hold us back, allow that to be the only thing between you and the life that you dream of, desire, and know you deserve. How valuable are people's excuses to the quality of their life? They're not. Yet, it's what they use to determine the quality of their life. Right. Well, they know until they don't know. You well, know, they tell I think them. they know too. Well, that's true. That's very true. I, I, I think, I think, I. So, so I agree. You know, we have people that don't know what they don't know. We have people that know what they don't know. We have people that know what they know and they have people who know who don't know what they know. And, and I think in all of those spectrums, I think it's still a choice because if you don't know what you don't know, how are you ever gonna navigate the unknown? 
And if you know what you don't know, what's the purpose of not stepping in to embracing moving through that? And if you know what you know, then you also know if you don't have the life that you dream of, desire, and deserve, it's obviously not enough knowledge. And it's also, you know, knowledge without action is just a dream. It's just knowledge, right? It's only applied action that truly becomes. So you can know what you know all you want. If you fail to take action on it, well, then there's a, a loop in a program that avoids serving you moving forward, right? right. So, yeah. so for me, every one of those still fall into the pool of choice. They still fall into the pool of, I like complaining about not having what I want. And, you know, it comes to the point where I'll hold a loving space and ask people, how's that, how's that, how's that working out for you? Where else does this show up in your life? And look, I'm showing up in 100% of a space of service because something's got to shape them. Something's got to wake people up because the life you're living, if it isn't 100% of everything you want, is truly a choice. I'll go as far as saying, you know, a lot of people think because we, I, talk about money a lot, that that's how I truly define success. And for those who really know me, they know it's the furthest from how I define success. You know, Wolf of Wall Street always referred to it as fun coupons. And money does give you options. Money does make things more fun, like our getaways to Vegas, or, you know, we're going to Maui, or, you know, just, or Bora Bora in what, I think seven, eight months, right? <laughs> um, money gives us options. And by any stretch of the means, it's the furthest from how I define success. To me, success is about thriving in every area of life. And waking up in the morning, asking myself, how can I be better than yesterday? And going to bed at night, asking myself, what worked today? What could I have done better today? And how can tomorrow be even better than the days before? And striving for the most excellent version of myself. Yeah, I totally agree with, with all of that. One of the things, well, two things. One of the things that I absolutely love about what I do is to to help people understand that they do have a choice because I look at, you know, I look at my life prior to, to meeting you. I, well, first of all, we know that I'm probably one of your most literal friends that you've ever met in your entire life. <laughs> yeah, you can be pretty literal. And that's what I love about you. <laughs> and I guess unconsciously, I knew I had a choice, but consciously I didn't. Hmm. I, mean, I can remember thinking I, there, I just have no choice. Everything is laid out in front of me, the expectations. And I get all of this as projection, right? Um, and, and I really didn't realize until, I don't know, the pain got bad enough. Mm. And I stepped into the fear and really, really was ready to actually go through the fear instead of avoiding it, you know? Um, and that's why I love having the conversations with people, because what I'll tell them is you can stand in your power, you can stand in your way. The decision's always yours, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And when we realize for me, when I hear that stand in your power, that's, I always think what will move me over to that? What mm -hmm. must happen in order for me to like sort of cross that line, right? And to be able to help people do that is, I don't know, it's just like the greatest thing ever, you know, is to help them see that. Even when they, I remember when the first time that I heard choices of powerful things, sufferings are full, suffering is optional. I think I kind of like did the put up the dukes kind of thing. You know? <laughs> Want to bet? <laughs> and, um, and really when you embrace that knowledge, like you said, action behind it, the whole entire world work opens up for you. And, and then you start seeing in yourself what other people see in you. You start acknowledging that within you. And then that's when you really start standing in that power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. It is, it is, you know, and I mean, let, let's be honest and transparent. Every level of success presents new obstacles new journeys, new revelation, new growth. That's why, that's why I practice what I preach. I go out of my way to surround myself with coaches to expose the blind spots that help me be a better version of me every day. Right. And, and I, I mean, I know for me, you know, we hit, we hit the, the, the million dollar mark uh, a few years ago. And and, you know, I'm on a journey now of, of, of striving for 5 million. Uh, my goal is to hit it by the end of next year. Mm -hmm. And my goal for 2030 is to have a $50 million company. And I'm holding very firm and strong on that journey. Each level exposes new versions of myself through that process, right? And new versions of triggers and new versions of growth and new versions of fear and concern. And I mean, I could go on and on. It's why it's why personal and professional development is so important because I remember going through bankruptcy and having 16 cents in the bank and asking myself, what do I do? And I remember uh, seeing this speaker and trainer that really talked to, talked to my essence, talked to my pain points. And I went home and, and I looked at Mary Lou and I said, the training $7,000, can I take it? And she looked me dead in the face and she goes, you have 16 cents in the bank and you're in a lawsuit and you're in the middle of bankruptcy. Can you make, can you pay it? And I said, I remember being told a long time ago by a mentor, if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way. And if you don't, you'll find an excuse. So I said, I'll make it happen because I want it. And I got to tell you, I made the last payment the day before. Oh, they, wow. they let me, they let me make a payment plan and they charged me interest to make the payment plan. And it had to be paid off before I attended. And I got, I remember getting the last $750 the day before. And um, from that point forward, I mean, I've been investing in myself. And from that point forward, I knew, I knew that that was the key to my journey. That was the key to, 
to keeping me on track, on the right track and exposing my blind spots. So the whole point of that exposure and that rabbit hole was because it doesn't matter if you're just starting out. Right. It doesn't matter if you haven't achieved what it is you want to achieve. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. There's always going to be obstacles. You know, if memory serves me properly, you hit an incredible benchmark last year. Mm-hmm. A quarter million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. After, after three and a half, four years in business, right? Yes. And, and I wholeheartedly believe that within the next year, that'll double. You'll, you'll hit that half million dollar benchmark and you have found new growth pains, right? Oh, yeah. Not only in the business structure, and the, the support structure also with the itty bitty shitty committee, the board members are firing off new BS, right? Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> so, so can you share that portion of the journey? Because, you know, a quarter million dollars in three and a half, four years is a pretty impressive benchmark, right? Few, few ever make six figures, even fewer ever make seven figures. And I think if we expose the obstacles, the pain points, the journey, the itty bitty shitty committee, people will realize, oh, I'm exactly on the right track. (laughs) I just get to do different things. Oh my God. Yes. There's so much to that. You know, one of the things that, that you reminded me of when you were talking about your journey was that I remember the very specific day that I was walking from my living room into my kitchen and I just kind of stopped in my tracks and I said I deserve to be whole I deserve this and I had decided that I didn't care what repercussions came from my family I was going to do this because I absolutely deserved it I it might have been the moment that I realized that I felt so disjointed in my life in all of my relationships because if I'm not whole, how in the world can I expect that to show up in any kind of relationships, right? And um, and ever since I made that decision, it's been become it's become very important to me that I stay open to <laughs> open to what comes my way. And I'm laughing because, as you well know, I told you about four months ago. I said, "Okay, bring it on, God. I'm ready to handle this." <laughs> I was a little shocked that you created that challenge. Ever, 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 ever say that. (laughs) (laughs) And because, you know, uh, things started exposing themselves to me, mostly like you said, that itty bitty shitty committee and and trying to um, uh, always, I now, now that I see it, I think I was always so focused on what the outcome had to be. It has to be this, that when I'm looking out there, I'm missing, missing the parts of how far I've come. I think that, that I, I was reading something, um, I don't know, last week that was saying, you should always start with looking back. And when you look back and you see all the things, I mean, my gosh, all the people that, that I've been able to help in the last four years to to be whoever it is they want to be, or at least start that journey, right? Yep. That's incredible. And that 
gets me more motivated than whatever that outcome is quote unquote supposed to be mm-hmm. because that's that's the future plan right mm-hmm. i need to know where i am now and knowing that as well as we plan i don't know shit happens right stuff gets in our way including us oh yeah I'm like the <laughs> including I'm, us i'm an expert at that and and so i think that that knowing that in my it doesn't matter if you are the person starting out as an entrepreneur or you are that entrepreneur making millions upon millions of dollars every year, you are bullshitting yourself if you say that you that you never have any of that head stuff going on. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in my experience, um, many times people are working really hard and avoid to avoid exactly what's going on in their head until that day when it all comes crumbling down, you know, and they, they realize that nothing's ever going to change if it, nothing changes, mm-hmm. you know, and you can make all the money in the world you want. However, at the end of the day, if you do not have that internal happiness, it is never, ever going to mean anything to you. It's yeah. literally going to be an item that you exchange energy for. You know, that, that's a really good point. You know, people get to step back and really look at their life and, and ask themselves, did life happen to me or for me? Mm-hmm. Did life happen to me or did I make life happen? And then step back. And if they're willing to accept responsibility, then identify what can they do differently? and realize that excuses are nothing other than disempowering statements. And I wholeheartedly believe that that's what separates those who create the life they want versus those who exist in the life they have. Right. A hundred percent. And you just always say it so eloquently like that. And when it comes to life happens to me, Mm. It's going to keep happening to you, mm-hmm. right? Because if you aren't open to learning the lessons that are attached to it, you need to learn the lessons in order to move forward. Yeah, they'll just keep recreating themselves yeah. till you step back to listen. Yeah. Absolutely. As we always say, how many how many people do you know that's married the same person three, four, five times just with a different face, right? <laughs> not <in> the lesson. <laughs> you know, it's fun. It's funny. It's not funny. I um, I was talking to a guy the other day who uh, has four ex wives, and he's going through. He's getting ready to start his fifth divorce, and everything is about her. It's you know, she's the, she's the problem. And, you know, I, I, I asked him if he was open for some feedback and his posture changed and he goes, I'm always open for growth. And I said, have you realized that this is your fifth divorce in 20 years? And the only common denominator is you. Yep. He really got mad at me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really got mad at me to the point where he said a lot of really unkind things mm-hmm. and uh, our conversation ended quickly. And then I got a text from him like days, week later, whatever. And um, he apologized. And, you know, because I, I had, I had shared with him that uh, 
Carl Jung's foundational learning of perception as projection was that we're incapable of seeing anything in anyone that doesn't exist within us. Right. And that if he had all of these failed, I say failed relationships, then in order to prevent it from happening, it's really important to understand the foundation of it, the common denominator, how to shift from it. And um, I'm not sure if he's there yet. And I really hope that one day he gets there because we're going to continue to recreate deja vu. Yes. Until we see what we contributed to things, because our life isn't a culmination of actions other people take. Mm -hmm. Our life is a culmination of actions or lack thereof that we take choices and decisions that we make or not. Right. And reality is our life is just a culmination of things we did or didn't do. Right. Yeah. That, that, recalls for me, and I'm absolutely certain you're going to remember this exact conversation that we had. I used to refer to one of my old bosses as an arrogant son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you said to me, and what about this is about you? Another put up your dupes moment for me. (laughs) And um, I was, I mean, I was like, literally, oh, that's, that's just bullshit. There's just no way until I did take that step back. And I thought, where does my arrogance show up? And where does my ego lead? And um, where is it that I could be a son of a bitch? You know, where, where's that showing up in my life? And it wasn't really hard to search that out, especially the ego, you know, um, that is something that, um, that I really, number one, love learning about. Um, Thank you, Carl Jung again. And that um, I do a lot of personal work on. Yeah. Um, I spent an entire summer reading Awaken to Your Life's Purpose because it was all about that, right? Mm-hmm. And I kept, I just kept seeing my, my picture on every one of these pages and I wanted to fight it, except for I knew that it was true. <laughs> there I am, you know? And, and so just really being able to release my ego, not 100%, there's always work to do, always, always. But knowing that when I show up now with, with space of love, with a space of intention to help, not as, as opposed to um, a space of just wanting to, I don't know, fight back or provide answers instead of asking questions and all, you know, you can't do that. That's my perception, right? So yeah, I think that, that once we really embrace that perception is projection, and what about this is about you? Those to me are two foundations of literally transformation. Mm-hmm. You truly embrace those two things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Darlene, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is what does selling without selling mean to you? This is great because it means something entirely different than it used to. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sell without selling is having the conversation. It's just literally having a conversation with people, getting excited about what it is they do, who it is they are, and sharing that same kind of conversation about yourself. Yeah. And if they find a um, 
they need, want, and desire in that, or they see themselves in a picture that you have um, shared with them or in a story or whatever, then hooray, then, you know, we can, we can talk further about that. Mm -hmm. For me is literally conversation. For me, sell without selling is all of that coupled with a solid platform of strong sense of self. Mm-hmm. knowing that in order for the outer to work, we, we get to, need to, have to do the inner work because where we go, we follow. We're the common denominator in everything in our life. And we're either showing up in a space of service or we're showing up in a space of sales. Mm-hmm. And sales, there's nothing wrong with it. It, it needs to happen. It is an, an exchange of energy. They have a need, want, and desire for your product, service, and solution. And if you're the best of the best, you get to step into their map of reality, speak into their listening, and move them through their decision-making process. And if you're showing up desperate or needy or, or in a space of lack or scarcity, something's going to happen in that exchange of energy. And if something happens in that exchange of energy that leaves them with something's not right, then they're going to go seek an alternative solution that may or may not be inferior. So it's all about taking care of the junk in the trunk, building a relationship with the itty bitty shitty committee, so that when you're standing on a platform of stability, security, self-assuredness, that You understand price is only an issue in the absence of value and your value is solid because you know your worth. You're aware of your esteem and you're showing up to be the best of the best and you're pursuing a state of excellence on a continual basis. Right. And so many show up transactional Mm -hmm. when sales is so much more than that. You have a strong success mindset understand that sales and success is simple because it's science-based results become effortless in my humble opinion not that i'm biased at all (laughs) i might have heard that somewhere before i don't know (laughs) so so i i was gonna say that's that's a huge part of of my journey right um in complete transparency it is um it is uh, avoiding numbers games it is literally, um, it's, you know, that whole stand in your power or stand in your way. It's literally standing in my power yeah. and owning my value. I know, I know that I hold a lot of value inside of me. Mm-hmm. It's um, like you said, having the relationship with the itty bitty shitty committee, it is literally doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then reminding yourself the great value that you bring to to the situation, to the world. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So Daryl, welcome to the random realm. See, I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to ask my expert guests uh, very specific questions so that our listeners can say, I really like that and apply to self. So the question that I am going to ask you is because of what's behind you. And that question is, what's your favorite word and why? Well, actually, my favorite word's not up here. I didn't think it was. <laughs> my favorite word is curiosity, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 
And I love that word because it never really existed inside of me. Somehow I gave up the word curiosity way, way, way back. Wow. I mean, like as a, as a kid and, um, and I don't really know why I did, you know, mm-hmm. um, however, when you approach life with the spirit of curiosity, anything with the spirit of curiosity, you could just fill your unconscious mind, opening up to fill you with all this information and all these experiences and just all the ooey gooey stuff that goes along. With <laughs> just really, yeah. I, just, I love it. It lights me up. Obviously, it obviously, just, I love the word curiosity. And I we're going to have to get you one of those word grams with curiosity on yeah, it. I think, I, I think I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. You know, I remember when I told Cassie when she was pregnant with Theo, who's going to be six in June. Hmm. Um, I remember saying to her exactly that. I said, hey, Cass, do you think that you could agree with me that Theo's favorite word should be curiosity? And she looked at me and she kind of smiled. She was, yeah. She said, I'll honor that. And you know him. He is a very curious child. He is a very curious <laughs> child. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's the beginning of your Gigi journey. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Charlene, I truly appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. If our listeners want to reach out, find you, connect with you, follow you, talk with you, how can they? So probably the best way is check me out on LinkedIn. Just put in Darlene Hertz and I'll pop up. And, or you can do Darlene at youempoweredservices.com. And that's D-E-R-L-E-N-E. And um, those are probably the best ways to reach out. My website, You Empowered Services, obviously. And uh, I'd love to have conversations because I do like to meet people and hear their story. Yeah, you do love to talk, don't you? (laughs) Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Let's head over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, I'd love for you to jump onto the Instagram platform and follow the Stacey O'Byrne. That's jump over to uh, Instagram, follow the Stacey O'Byrne. Last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you. Get feedback on the episodes and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this show more powerful and useful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15, 20 minute call on the calendar. And I'm always available to help you serve you and talk with you. Always remember this choice is a powerful thing. And suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.